Well, tonight we're going to be talking about something that's kind of one of the basics of our tenets of faith. For the last few weeks and going for 16 weeks, our children are going to be learning the basic fundamentals of the Christian faith. And that's talking about things like salvation, water baptism, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Last week we talked about the Trinity and that was a lot of fun. So we're just kind of going back to the basics. You know, when we raise our kids, we think, um, I think I've got them prepared. I think I've covered everything they need to know. I know when every one of my kids went off to college, I was like, okay, do you know do this? Do you know this? You... Well, one of the fathers a few years ago told me, he said, you know, I thought I had gone through everything with my daughter. I thought I had covered all the bases. And she'd been in college about two months and she was living in an off-campus apartment. And she called her dad and said, dad, this apartment is ripping you off. And he was like, okay, you know, what's the problem? We can... She said, they sent me a bill for the water. And he was like, well, sweetheart, that's normal. You have to, and she's like, we never paid for water growing up. Why are they charging me for water? And he's like, sweetheart, we did pay for water growing up. I paid the water bill every month. She said, I never knew that. I thought it was free. You just turn on the faucet and there's water. And he said, I hung up that phone and thought, well, I thought I'd covered the basis, but I forgot to tell her they charge for water. <laughs> so that's what we're doing when we're going back and we're talking about Baptism in water. What does that mean? What does it look like? As parents, how do we prepare our children for that? And as adults, how do we look at our own life and say, you know what? I'm ready to be baptized. Or maybe you're even asking, should I be baptized again? So we're going to look at some of those questions tonight. And then we're going to talk about what the scripture says about water baptism. So first thing, what is it? Water baptism is when we are actually put under the water and brought out. We have a baptismal tank here. Some people use uh, a river. I was baptized in a lake, and that was not fun. Um, and you're actually put under the water. We believe in immersion, putting totally under the water, bringing up. Why? Because going under the water represents our old life being washed away. Coming up out of the water shows that we're starting a new life in Christ. Baptism is an outward symbol. Now, I have a wedding ring. I left my wedding ring. It's a symbol that I'm married to my husband. But my wedding ring is not my marriage. My wedding ring is not my husband. It's an outward symbol of our relationship. It's an outward symbol that we are married. So baptism is similar to that. It's like my wedding ring. It's the symbol that I have committed my life. I am in a total relationship with Christ. It's not my walk with Christ. It's not what it takes for me to get into heaven. Instead, it's an outward symbol to show to other people that I have accepted Jesus' sacrificial work on the cross and that he is the major part of my life. Water baptism is making that public confession of my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. 
Baptism is a public acknowledgement of a personal commitment. I love it when couples get engaged. I mean, you see the pictures like on Facebook within 10 minutes. My nephew proposed to his wife in New York City at the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center, and his parents were hiding around behind the tree with the um, video camera, taking pictures of the whole proposal, got the whole thing on campus. I mean, it was not five minutes, and it was all over the Internet, and everybody knew that Jordan and Marie were engaged. It didn't take long to get that announcement out. So baptism is kind of like putting the word out there. It's putting out the announcement. I am letting everyone know that I have made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that mean I'm perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean that some days they may wish they'd held me under the water just a little bit longer? Well, maybe so, because all of us are in a walk. And when you're in a walk, there are steps that are easy, there are steps that are smooth, and then there are places that are rough along the way. That doesn't mean I'm not walking with Christ. That means sometimes we struggle. And that baptism doesn't mean we come up perfect. It means I'm letting you know I'm committing everything that I have to this relationship with God. The scripture tells us in Matthew that when John the Baptist was baptizing people, they went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, and they confessed their sins, and then they were baptized in the Jordan River. So what's the first step that I have to take before baptism? That first step is confessing my sins, acknowledging that I'm a sinner. My life, my choices in my life do not line up with God's plan for my life. And every one of us need forgiveness. I can be good. I can be great. I can be the best philanthropist there is. But unless I am fully committed to Jesus Christ and I acknowledge, Lord, I am acknowledging your sacrificial work on the cross to cover my sins and to restore me to right relationship with you. John chapter 3, verse 21 says, Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what we have done has been done in the sight of God. So we are making that private commitment in the sight of God. Lord, forgive my sins. I accept the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I accept your forgiveness and then baptism is publicly announcing or symbolizing what we have done in private. Why should I be baptized? I mean, why should I even go up there? Isn't it personal? Isn't my relationship with God, you know, I can go out under a tree and talk to God just as good as I can talk to him right here. And yes, I can do that. But there's something about acknowledging and publicly letting those people around us know that we have made this commitment to Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I love teamwork. I love it when everybody gets on the same 
same page. We take an idea, we take a dream, and we work on it together and we see something wonderful take place. That's kind of what baptism is like. It is saying, hey, not only am I making a commitment to God, but I want you to know that I'm making this commitment as well. And as the onlookers, we're going to say, you know what? We're going to help you. We're going to be there for you. We're going to pray for you. And when there are times that the going gets tough and the walk is rocky, we're going to be there to help you along. We're going to link arms together and we're going to help you in this walk called Christianity. So why should I be baptized? Peter said first we should repent and be baptized every one of you. There was no exception in that clause. There was no fine print there. Peter said, look, every one of us need to do that. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 38. First, baptism is an act of obedience. This is Mark chapter 16. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes in and is baptized will be saved. That wasn't a suggestion. That was a command. Go into the world, preach the gospel, baptize, and they will be saved. So when we go out and we share this gospel the love of Jesus Christ, the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ, the restoration of our relationship to God through Christ, then we are saying we are being obedient first to God's commandment. And second, when we follow in baptism, we're continuing that obedience to him. Baptism was exemplified or it was illustrated by Jesus. He showed us by example. If anybody was perfect, none of us are, but Jesus was. Jesus was the only way, one that could have said, here's the exception. I don't need to be baptized. I'm perfect. I haven't sinned. And guess what? I'm not going to. So he could have opted out and said, you know what? I don't need to be baptized. But he came to John, and as a matter of fact, when he came to John at the Jordan River, John said, wait a minute. I'm not baptizing you. I know who you are. I know you're the son of God. You're not just my cousin. I know who you are. I'm not even worthy to take your sandals. And Jesus says, look, John, you need to do this. And they had this little conversation on the side. Can't you see them over there? I mean, I've seen my kids huddle off on the side, and I know they're in deep conversation. And usually it's one of them trying to get up the nerve. No, you tell mom. No, you tell mom. John and Jesus had this conversation. And John was saying, I know who you are. You're perfect. You don't need me to baptize you. I need you to baptize me. And Jesus said, look, we need to do this. This is important. This is an act of obedience. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for his salvation. He needed to be baptized so that we would see his act of obedience to the Father. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. By you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper 
for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon as was Jesus was baptized and he went up out of the water, we have a beautiful picture of the Trinity of God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. We talked about this last week with our kids, that this was a picture of the Trinity. God spoke from the heavens and said, this is my son. I am pleased with him. The dove ascended from heaven as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we see the Son of God and Jesus standing in the water. We would have never had that picture if Jesus had not been obedient to the Father, and if John hadn't cooperated and responded what Jesus told him, this is important, this needs to happen. So how do I know when I'm ready to be baptized? I was baptized in water when I was nine years old. You know, my dad was a pastor. We kind of grew up on the church pew. I think I did more homework in the church nursery than I ever did at a desk or at home because we had church, seemed like every night of the week. We were always at the church. So we learned to do things, you know, there. So being baptized in water was just a natural thing for me. We were at summer camp. My dad was one of the counselors, and they were going to have baptism in the lake there at camp. And my mom and dad were both there that week working in the camp. And I had committed my life to Christ. I was six years old. But, and I cried like I was the biggest sinner on the planet. But I knew that I wanted Jesus to come into my life. And I, you know, I don't know what sin I thought I'd done at six years old, but I didn't want any sin in my life. So my dad came to me after the, the announcement that they were going to be doing baptism. And he said, why don't you get baptized in water and I'll baptize you? And I thought, okay, great. Um, yeah, that's just the next step. That's what you do. You know, I'm the preacher's kid. I know that that's what you're supposed to do. But it wasn't until later that night when we were getting ready for baptism the next day, our counselor sat us all down in a circle in our cabin and she said, how many of you are going to be baptized in water tomorrow? And several of us raised our hands, Dennis, Lydia Moore, and Randy Stokes. I mean, we were all friends from, we're still good friends, but yeah, we were all going to be baptized tomorrow. And she said, why? And it was like, because my daddy said so. <laughs> and she made us sit there and explain to her why we wanted to be baptized in water. And that was the best teaching I could have ever had on why it was important to follow God in obedience. And she said something that night that I've never forgotten. She said, every day of your life, you're going to be making the decision, am I going to be obedient to follow God? And I have learned through the years, boy, is that true. We make a commitment, but it is not a one-time thing. Every single day, we are making that commitment that, God, I'm going to follow you. Like John, I may not understand some of the things that you come and say, this needs to happen, this has a purpose, but I'm willing to be obedient and do the very best that I can. Baptism should follow soon after salvation. The story in the Bible of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip 
And that's a great story. If you haven't read that, go back and read it again. Philip tells him what it means to become a follower of Christ. And in telling him what it means to become a follower of Christ and to ask Christ to forgive us for our sin, that Jesus came and made atonement for us, he also included there, and you need to be baptized. And the eunuch said to Philip, well, there's some water. What's to stop me from being baptized right now? So there wasn't time for classes, which they're good because it gives us time to interact and to answer some of the questions that we might have. But it was immediately after this man saying, you know what? I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a passionate follower of Christ. So baptize me right now. Now, I don't know how big the puddle of water was. It could have been a beautiful oasis lake. It could have been a stream. It could have been a puddle in the middle of the desert. We don't know. But what we do know was that it was important. And even Philip recognized in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that it was important for this man to be baptized in water. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said to Philip, look, here's the water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? Had he perfected his life? No. Had he done any great outstanding things for God yet? No. Had he made a great big donation to the missions department on behalf of of some great project? No, he hadn't. Those things... Everything can come later. What comes right now is the act of obedience. And nothing we can do makes us good enough. Nothing that we can do makes us important enough or sets us apart enough to say, I can be baptized in water now because I've done X, Y, and Z. No, we follow out of an act of obedience. Acts chapter 8 verse 13 again reinforces that. But when they believed, Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized men and women. You see, this story of baptism may start with John the Baptist. That's the first time we really see it. And it goes, though, through the whole New Testament. We see, it in the, we see it in the Gospels. We see it in the early church. We see it in the book of Acts. We see Peter. We see Philip. We see different ones baptizing the new followers of Jesus Christ in water. It's an act of our obedience, and it's an act of showing our relationship now that we are in with God. But what if I was already baptized? What if I, let's say I was baptized at nine years old. What if I got away from the Lord and thought, you know, well, I just walked away from the Lord for a while. Do I need to be rebaptized? What if I was baptized as an infant? And there's a great study, if you want to read up on that, of why they baptized infants and why that became a practice and why some churches still continue that. But you see, we are putting the emphasis on not the fact of of just a fact of obedience, but it is saying that I am making a commitment. And as a child, it's kind of like, I guess the best way to say it is like the parents are making a commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to raise this child to know God. Um, 
We want this child to know God, to grow up in the church. But when we become adults or when we become old enough that we understand, I knew at nine years old, I understood what it meant to be baptized in water and what that was going to represent in my life. When your child is old enough and you can sit with them and they can articulate to you that they've made that commitment to Jesus Christ and they understand that this is a lifetime commitment. This is like marriage. It's going to be with you forever. You can be baptized again to show two things, your obedience and your remembrance. Obedience to the command of the scripture and remembrance by reflecting on our personal commitment to Christ. That commitment may have came many years ago. It may have came, may have come, get my tense correct. It may have come just a few minutes ago. But if you can look back and say, yes, this is the moment that I fully committed my life to Christ. And yes, I want to follow in obedience. Then you can be baptized. So how do I talk to my kids about that? Next week, we're going to be teaching this very same lesson to your kids with the same illustrations that I've used for you tonight. So when you talk to your kids, you can talk to you the things but that we've talked about tonight. You can talk about the wedding ring. You can talk about obedience and remembrance. You can talk about Oreo cookies. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But what does it mean when we talk to our kids about really anything that has to do with, with their relationship with God, but especially when we talk about water baptism? First, keep it simple. I mean, we can spend all night talking about all the symbolisms of Baptism, water, the Trinity, God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, dunking, immersion, sprinkling. It, we could spend all night talking about those things, but keep it simple with your kids. And explain the symbolism. They'll get it. They can understand it. And then answer their questions. And they're going to have questions that have to do with things like, is the water cold? Well, I hope not. I hope the heater's working. But if you're baptized in a lake, I can't guarantee that. My biggest concern being baptized in the lake, and I remember thinking walking out as we had to walk way out where it was deep enough that they could actually baptize us. I remember thinking, I hope there's no fish in here. I hope there's no fish in here. <laughs> I was more concerned about the fish than I was anything else. Your kids may have some questions that they think, that you may think, well, no, you know better than that. Well, it's like paying the water bill. Maybe we just need to cover the basics. Answer their questions no matter what they are and how silly they may seem. They may ask you, am I going to drown? You know, I'm going to be put under the water. How do I, how do I know they're going to get me up? Is water going to go up my nose? Answer their questions. Talk to them. We will be talking and actually showing them next week what we do when you're baptized in water so that you can hold your nose and how the pastor will put you under. Can I tell the baptism story? <laughs> First time my husband was going to baptize somebody after we went into the ministry, he practiced on me all afternoon. So I've been baptized so many times because he needed to be sure he could get them down and get them up and do it right and, you know, be just right. So I've been baptized a lot of times. Answer their questions, explain the symbolism, 
and keep it simple. So here is a great illustration that you can do with your kids. Now we're going to talk about being totally immersed. Yes, we're going to put you under the water, but pastor or pastor Corey, or um, we've had even some parents that wanted to come into the, the pool while the kids were being baptized. Yes, they're going to put you under the water totally under the water. But what do you do when you've got your Oreo and your milk and you put it in the milk? You're going to bring it out, right? You're going to pull it out because you want everything else. But let me tell you something. When we are baptized in water, there's a great symbolism here. You see this Oreo? Keith, do you think you could get the milk separated from this Oreo now? And I have to actually tell you, there's Oreo in my milk here. That's kind of what makes it good. And I know some of you don't like that. This is a picture. I am totally surrendering my life to Christ. It's not milk and cookies anymore. The milk and the cookies are together. Everything in my life I'm not going to separate myself from Jesus. I'm not going to separate myself from my relationship to God. But God is also making a commitment to me that he's never going to leave me and he's never going to forsake me. So go home, have Oreos and milk with your kids. Talk about what it means to follow in obedience and remembrance in water baptism and then be a part of that day of celebration when your child acknowledges, I am committing my life to Jesus Christ. And maybe some of you are thinking, you know what, I need to do this. Maybe you've never done it, or maybe you did it in a, in a point of time that you think, I need to do this again. I want to be totally and completely surrendered to God. Love you guys. Thanks for sharing and enjoy some milk and cookies. Let's pray again. Father, thank you so much. Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you. You didn't have to be baptized in water. You didn't have to go down to the Jordan River, but you did. You did so that you could lead by example, and you did so that you could show us a beautiful, beautiful picture of the Trinity. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you, Father, for your blessing on your son. Thank you for Holy Spirit for being with us every step of the way. And Lord, now I pray as parents and grandparents that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us, Lord, the courage to sit down with our kids and maybe even our spouse and say, hey, we need to be baptized in water. And ask your kids, is it time? And Father, I pray as parents and grandparents, you'll give us wisdom. You'll give us insight. And you'll help us to answer even the simplest questions from your word. And to lead as you did, Lord, by example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.